0: Ladies, welcome to Conversations with a Dope Chick. From a Dope Chick, with Dope Chicks in mind, I'm your host, Twyla J. Our conversations will explore topics that will allow you the space to become an evolved woman who is introspective, authentic, self-aware, and accountable. I invite you to remove the mask, be free of judgment, and be released from limitations and boundaries. This podcast will challenge you to ask yourself the difficult and hard questions that will ignite your growth spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. These changes will help to ultimately produce the best version of you. Girl, it's time that we get it together and keep it together. Your secrets are safe with me. So kick off your shoes, unfasten and take off your bra, grab that drink, Whether it's water, wine, juice, or coffee, you decide. It's your girl, Twyla J. So let's talk. Hey, ladies. Welcome to Conversations with the Dope Chick. I'm your host, Twyla J. So let's get into it. Her story. As women, we all know that we wear so many hats. We're wives. We're mothers we're professionals, but we all have a story to tell. It's not always what it looks like. There are always things that people may or may not know. So on today's podcast, I would love to welcome my special guest, Miss Sherry Williams. Hi. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you, Sherry. So, Sherry, I know you cuz we go way back. Yes. But tell the people, who is Miss Sherry Williams?
1: Well, Sherry is a, I'm a, uh, I'm a mother. I'm a woman who, um, takes a lot of pride in just, um, always being in, in, uh, uh, doing the best that I can, um, I can do in anything I do. I'm, I'm a small town girl. I've, um, I grew up in a really small town and, um, I grew up with a big family, so, Sherry's this girl that came from such a small place, but always wanted to strive for more and always wanted to strive to just, um, have a good life and love the Lord, you know? So, um, that's me. I'm, I'm, I'm an identical twin. I'm a single mother. Um, I'm an educator. Um, I've been teaching since I've been in education. I'll say since I graduated from college uh in 2000 so I'm that's just me that's who I am
0: well being who you are is you know who god has called you to be so that's all you can be so
1: yes yes
0: so let me ask this Sherry so small town girl yes and how did you determine what your career path was you said that you're an educator so how did you choose education as your career path?
1: Well, um, growing up, um, like I said, with such a big family in a small place, you, you watch a lot of, um, your close relatives, your parents and your aunts and cousins, and you watch, um, some of the things that they, they did, um, as adults. So one of the things that I paid close attention to was my mom, my mom. Um, I remember she's always been a daycare teacher. So I remember going to the daycares with her and just kind of watching her with the students. And I remember thinking, wow, I I think I can do that, you know, and it was almost like this spark uh, uh, for the love of of, of children and, and educating children that kind of just fell on me. Sometimes I, 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 sometimes I'm like, Oh gosh, is it, is it really there? I, I, I wanted it to change, but it didn't quite change, but the spark is there. So it's like, I can't help it. This is what God just laid in my heart, you know? So I had summer jobs working with children. So when I went to college, it was a no brainer for me. You know how most people go to college and they go, Oh, I think I want to major in this. Or I think I want to major in that. It was pretty much a no brainer for me. I just knew I would be a teacher.
0: <laughs> so right so we know those career students and you know no offense because you know sometimes it takes a little longer for some people to figure out what it is that they want right. to do or pursue but you weren't one of those you came in as a freshman you knew that education was your major and that you didn't you didn't stray from that
1: no I didn't I I, I even I think at one point I thought am I sure about this but then it's like it, it was something like I said that just was it was constant on my heart and my mind to to be an educator. It just never changed for me. Um, so that's pretty much what I I, I stuck to it, and I um, here I am twenty years later. So
0: when I when I think about um, you know having to make some decisions, and you said that you you know you knew from from the start that education. That was your um your major and you knew that you're gonna stick it out. Were there any time uh was there any point that you allowed fear to kind of come in and maybe change or try to direct you to something else? Was it you know, did fear ever come
1: in and try to impose itself? Yes, definitely, definitely. Fear has um unfortunately um Fear came in several times, I'll say, as a young adult. Um, even going through school, uh, I remember being in college and thinking, oh, gosh, I have to. Like, there was a certain expectation of mm-hmm. you. And I remember thinking, can I meet these expectations? Like, I'm, I don't know if I'm that person, you know. like Once again, small town girl, I hadn't seen much, I you know. It was all based on my own experiences, but I I didn't quite have the belief in myself at the time, looking back at it now. Um, so fear did, it almost crippled me in a sense to where I almost didn't finish because I thought, I can't do this. Like like I said, the expectations were so high at the time. And even once I finally, I graduated and I started teaching, I remember fear even creeping in Um Over the years while I've been teaching and um, I started really getting a strong relationship with God because I was like, I cannot walk in fear like this. I remember someone came to me and said, you know what, have you ever thought about doing this? They gave me they actually uh, spoke to me about something they saw in me that I didn't see in myself as an educator in the classroom. So fear almost crippled me at the time. I'll be honest. it, It almost did.
0: You know what? Sometimes it, it does amaze me how oftentimes people can see something in you that you're not able at that time to mm-hmm. see in yourself.
1: Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what You know, happens. and it's like, who, me? I, I don't
0: see me doing that. I, I don't see me. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's the, the I think, the, the goodness of the Lord, how he will come in. Sometimes just when we're about to give up, or switch directions, how he will intervene and come in and say, okay, he'll send somebody through, um, give an encouraging word, or even if it's a song or if, you know, some kind of way to kind of get us out of that place, because we know that, um, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Um, And so, you know, we sometimes need those gentle reminders that, okay, (laughs) I am fully Woman. equipped and I can't yeah. handle it because fear is very powerful. It is a stronghold. And if we are not careful, it will not allow us to um, accomplish the things that we desire to accomplish.
1: And, you know, now that I think about it, every single accomplishment I've had in my life, what I consider a, a, an accomplishment Fear crept in right before I was able to accomplish what I did. And I remember every single time I had those those different milestones and things that were opportunities, I, I would allow fear to come in. And I remember it's almost like as if the Holy Spirit, I know God spoke to me and said, uh-uh-uh, don't you do it. You know, I mean I know it right. because it, it was just something, it was almost like you said, that general reminder mm-hmm. of No, you can do this because I said you can do this. That's right. You know, (laughs) know? that's right. (laughs) The more I think about it. Yeah.
0: So I think in in terms of fear, I think uh, the gentle reminder to all of us is that we're greater than that fear, you Mm -hmm. know, and that we can do it. We just got to put one foot in front of the other to accomplish whatever it is that we're desiring to accomplish. Yes. So we know sometimes we we know fear comes in and sometimes we know that there are different obstacles that may come in and try to challenge us as well. So when you think about the some of the fear that you may have had, can you think about some of the obstacles that may have tried to come and how did you overcome those obstacles?
1: Yes, I. um, I can remember years ago um obstacles I, I faced was actually people. Mm. It was something that I I I allowed people around me to almost make me feel a certain way about myself. And I'm speaking about in the workplace. And I remember this person who had come to me, well actually at this point my mind was it was almost like crippled in a sense that the people around me would say, "Oh no!" Whenever I would feel like I could take the next step, the people around me who were, who were supposed to be my work friends, you know, they would say, "Oh no, you can't do that because such and such." You know, they they come up with some reason why I can't, I couldn't do whatever it was. And I remember st- I started to believe them. Like I mm-hmm. literally started to believe, like, "Oh gosh, like maybe I can't." You know, you know. then a part of me, I, I was so torn because I thought. You know, like I'm going to allow these people to dictate whether I actually can believe believe I can accomplish this. But I remember the people around me had my emotions all over the place. And I remember that last time at this particular time, this person came to me and said, "Um, um, it's time for you to step out there. Like you got to just go for it. And I could always hear those people, which I consider obstacles in my ear telling me basically that I couldn't do it. I, I can remember that. And I I remember just praying to God and asking God to please give me the confidence and strength. And it's almost like one of those times where you go and you you find a scripture that you know can remind you of what, what mm-hmm. God said. Right. And I remember doing that. And that literally is what gave me the strength to be able to have that confidence to do it. Because those people became my obstacles. They did. Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: So when we talk about, we mentioned so this podcast today is um her story. So we know that you're an educator we know that you're a mother, we know that you're a twin. Um, but as women, we go through so many journeys, right? We yes. we all have a testimony. You know, yes. your testimony may be a little bit different than my testimony, but we all have one. And I know a little bit. Right. I know a little bit because, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) but I need you to, if you don't mind, Mm -hmm. give us a little bit of her story. Because this was a major situation that happened that caused a shift and some changes in your life. Mm -hmm. So if you don't mind telling me your story.
1: Okay. So... I've, um, as a young adult, I've had, um, I would have, I started having, um, female problems or female issues, right? Um, I would say around 2021, I was always that girl, you know, if I can be transparent, I was always that girl that would, whenever it was, whenever I would go through my female stuff, I would, um, it would always make me feel bad, like feel sick. Right. Mm -hmm. So when I had my son, um, I was 29 when I had my son, I remember the doctor coming in and telling me I had a cesarean and I remember him telling me, um, he said, you have fibroids. You know, this is what he said to me. I remember the day of the cesarean that evening and he said, you have a lot of fibroids. And that was the first time someone had told me something about a fibroid. I had no idea what fibroids were, and I said, uh, "I remember at the time." He said, "But I can't remove them." He said, "If I would have removed them during your surgery, you would have hemorrhaged to death." So he said, "This is what we'll do." With he said, "Here's my rule with fibroids." He said, "Um, "If they don't bother you, you don't bother them." This is what he told me. Mm -hmm. So at that time they didn't really alter my life. They didn't affect me, my life in that way. So I just didn't think anything of, I thought, okay, I'm fine. So as time went on, um, and years passed, um, I would say by this time I'm in my late thirties, mid thirties, late thirties, I started having severe complications. I started having complications where. Um, I just, I, it, it wasn't a comfortable life for me. Okay. I, um, I was in pain every month. I would, I mean, literally to the f- point where, um, even last year when the pandemic first started, I remember in the middle of the night getting up and I fell down to my knees. I was in so much pain. It was a pain that you can't even describe. And I remember trying to call my son in the back and I didn't even have the strength to even so he can hear me. He was in his room sleep. And I remember crawling on the floor. I crawled literally in pain to his room door and knocked at his door and my son got up. And of course he's asking, mom, what's wrong? What's wrong? I, I told him, I said, call 911 because that's the kind of pain I was in. So on top of the pain and the, um, just, a life that just wasn't conducive to, to to being a woman. You know, I went, to, my doctor told me, she said, your fibroids are growing now. So we're talking now 11, 12 years later. Uh, no, actually 14, 14 years later. And at this point now they're, they're tearing at the lining of my uterus. Um, They're causing me every month to ball up in a, I'm, I'm literally in fetal position in pain. Um, they caused me to have to, sometimes I wouldn't even go to work because I would be just, like I said, I couldn't even function. Um, I found myself every month taking like, I mean like buttloads of Motrin and all this medicine that's not good for you at all. Motrin and ibuprofen, anything I can get my hands on just to be able to be comfortable. So, um, when the pandemic first started last year, I went to my doctor and she said, "You know what, Sherry, We're at a point now." She said, um, "We got to do something about it." So I told her about. Obviously, she found out about the episode when I when I literally, I, you know, I, my son found me in the middle of the night, and she did a uh, what do you call it a um, mm-hmm. ultrasound sonogram, okay. whatever it is. She did that, and I was telling her, I said, "I'm, I'm." I'm literally going through something where now I'm feeling as if I'm losing. I I mean, I lost so much of so much blood every month. I'm losing so much to the point where I had no energy. All I want to do was sleep all day. Like literally it it was bad. I said, it's even more than normal. And normal to me at the time was a lot that I was losing every month. But this was times 10. So my doctor said, that's not normal, Sherry. It's something else aside from your fibroids going on. So when she did the the ultrasound, she basically found that I had um, polyps around my um, uterus. So she said, Sherry, polyps obviously eventually turn into cancer. She said, we're at a place. She said, do you plan on having more children? So we started having to talk about having kids. She actually had talked to me about it years prior. And I told her, I don't know. I haven't met my husband. You know, this was me. I don't know. Maybe I will have more kids, you know. And she said, well, you may want to do it sooner than later because you got a lot going on. So when she said this, she said we have three options. We can do a, have surgery where we can remove your fibroids or we can go in and just remove the polyps. She said if we remove the fibroids, fibroids do come back. So there's a chance that they still can come back. Um, she said, but you still have the polyps now. She said, the polyps definitely have to be scraped out of there, right? They also found that I had a huge cyst on my ovary, mm. okay? Now, I only have, at this time, I only had um, one ovary, okay? okay? I had already lost an ovary when I was pregnant with my son. I forgot about that. Oh, wow.
0: Okay. This journey
1: has been a long journey. When I was pregnant with him, they told me I was four months... I was. I was maybe six weeks pregnant and they said you have a cyst growing and if it ruptures it can kill you and your unborn child my lord they said but we can't have the surgery until you are at least uh 12 weeks pregnant so it was a waiting game I prayed and I prayed and I talked to God my family prayed everybody was praying around me because it could we didn't want it to rupture And then at the same time, you know, our thing is, okay, she gets to 12 weeks. Are we promising that the baby will live? So once I got to 12 weeks, I could feel this thing in my body. It was huge. The doctor said, we're going to operate. But every single person told me there is a 99% chance your baby will not make it. When we go in and operate around the uterus your child will not make it. Okay. So if they did
0: the operation that the baby would could possibly not live.
1: Exactly. Okay. The doctor had already told me, um, the, the, who was the person, the, um, anesthesiologist. I mean, everybody, I said, I know, I know, I know. But what I did was I went to my God about that. And I just felt, I, I, I just cried out to him. As I cried out to God, my faith began to build. Mm-hmm. And knowing that my baby was going to live. So I remember the day of the surgery and the last person to tell me, the nurse or someone said, we just want to let you know there's a chance the baby won't make. I I, I cut her off. I said, I, I know, I know I've already heard. I said, my God, I, my God has got this. When I tell you, I went in that surgery, my family met. Okay. Me I'm my- sorry. And I, I try not to do
0: this, but let me just pause one more time. Cause sometimes People will tell you, but when you and God have a conversation.
1: Yes.
0: Okay. We just got to go with what God is telling. Yes. Now, we're not saying we don't trust what, you know, the doctors, they're experts. Right. And that we, we appreciate it. But at the same time, you were saying, you know what you and your God. I knew what God had told uh-huh. me. Okay. I knew my
1: God had told me my baby was going to live. I knew it. And I don't care how many of them kept telling me. I knew it. I even remember at the time building, the I was helping my his, his father. With his faith at the time, because he was starting to fall into believing what they were saying, my mother, my aunt, um, who's an evangelist, it was mostly my mom's side of family. They all gathered up and rallied around me down there. I will never forget it in, in West Palm Beach. They rallied around me and prayed that morning before I went into surgery. I'll never forget it, and and I remember just the confidence I had when that late when she when she gave me the anesthesia. Before surgery, when I came out of that surgery, I remember opening my eyes and I remember someone saying, Sherry, Sherry, calling my name and I opened my eyes. And the first thing I said was, how's the baby? And they said, the baby is fine. His heart is beating faster than it was before the surgery. Amen. Those were the words. I will never forget those words. That's why I knew. I knew. I said my child is supposed to be here. I knew my baby was supposed to be here. I know he's destined for greatness because it, it was almost like a mirror. It was an unbelievable story. Like it just, it was just nobody but God, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I remember just smiling. I just remember the Lord telling me, "See, I told you." I mean, it was almost as if they couldn't explain. How that heart. The heartbeat was still there. They could not explain. How his heart was still beating.
0: But you knew what God had told you. I so that's what you had to stand on.
1: What God was told me. But fast forward. Uh, so you already are, only had the one ovary. I had one ovary. So uh, at that time. What he did was he went in and removed this cyst and he showed my mom pictures. I'll never forget it. It was this huge, humongous white object that covered my ovary. Mm. It literally covered it. And my mom, I remember hearing my mom go, Oh my God. And the doctor said, you see this? I've never, ever, ever operated on someone um, with a a cyst that's grown this size. Um, He said, I had to, unfortunately I had to take the entire ovary. This is what he told me. He said, but she still has one ovary left. So for years, for 15, 14 years, I I had one ovary. So I had a 50 percent chance now of having children again. So (laughs) At that time, uh, when she last year, fast forward to the pandemic, the complications I was having with the fibroids. She said, Cher, you now have three, three issues. You have fibroids all around your uterus. You have an, a a cyst. a cyst, another cyst started growing on the other ovary mm. and you have polyps on your uterus.
0: My Lord. So she three said, issues,
1: three issues. She told so this is what you have. And I'm now 40 at the time, 42 years old. And now I have all this going on now. So at this point, but let
0: me I'm, just insert go ahead. three issues. And then we got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ooh, Ghost. But yes. okay, go ahead.
1: Yes, yes. So she tells me, she said, if you don't plan on having more kids, and at this point, to be honest, I had already made up my mind. I, I really honestly didn't want more kids. So I, I was at peace with that. People around me weren't at peace with it, but I was at peace with it. You know, I had it, my mom, everybody telling me, you sure you want to have just one? I said, I'm 43 years old. I, I said, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I swear I, I'm at peace. And 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 once I was at peace with that, I had already talked to God about it. I said, I'm okay. And the doctor said, Sherry, we go in and do these other procedures, that won't necessarily get rid of, you know, that won't solve the whole problem. She said, the other thing we can do is you can have a hysterectomy and we just take everything. Let's just take it all. And you don't have to worry about any of this anymore. So I, I I remember I remember going home and talking to my mom, and I and, and she said, It's okay. I had when my mom had a hysterectomy, and I remember when my mom had the hysterectomy, and we were younger. And I remember talking to God about, and I just, I was okay. I was okay with the idea of it. I, you know, I, I, I said I'm ready. You know, so long story short, we we scheduled the surgery, and I went in the hospital September eighth of last year of 2020. I had surgery. I think it was Tuesday. I came out of surgery by my mom dropped me off. The surgery went well. So we thought I came home. I was fine. My mom dropped me off home. She said, I'm going to come back over the weekend because she had to go to work. She said to, to help you out a little bit. She said, you think you'll be good for a couple of days? I said, oh, yeah, I'm fine, mom. Um, she left by that Friday. I started having my stomach became swollen. At this time, I had no idea what was going on with me. I just thought it was a complication from surgery. I thought it was normal. My stomach was swollen as if I was almost eight months pregnant. That's how big my stomach was. I literally was breaking out in sweats. I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would slowly walk to the to the restroom. And I couldn't even hold my, my urine. I couldn't hold my, I literally would, was using the, I, I was using the bathroom on myself. Like I couldn't hold anything. So by the time my mom and my sister got here that Friday or that Saturday, my sister, my twin, she said, mom, sh- Sherry, you don't look good. I said, oh, I can't, I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, to the bathroom on myself. And 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 my mama was like, is this, this isn't normal. She said, I had a hysterectomy. This didn't happen to me, you know? And I said, I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what's wrong. So my, I remember in the middle of the night I woke up and I sat up, I couldn't even lay in the bed. I had to lay on the sofa. My mom slept in the room with me and she said, Cher, have you eaten anything? I said, I can't eat. I can't eat. And my mom, you know, moms, every, every mom thinks all they got to do is fix you some food and you'll be fine. They prepare food for you. She and don't give them some ginger ale. Yes, yes. That's what our mom's want to do. So in her mind, she said, "I'm just going to I'm going to cook you up something. If you eat a little bit of this food, you'll feel better." Right. I remember my mom giving me, I forget, mashed potatoes or something she she fed me. And I remember I threw up everywhere. I was sitting in my living room. I I, I mean, I threw up everywhere. Everywhere. At this time, nothing in my mama, nothing even in me realizing go to the hospital. My twin sister came in. She woke up. because She was in the room at the time. And she said, wait a minute. Mom, this is not normal. Sherry doesn't look right. We're getting ready to call this doctor. We're taking her to the hospital. This is not normal, mom. She should not be using the bathroom on herself. She shouldn't be vomiting everywhere. So I called, my, my sister called the hospital, my doctor. And the doctor on call basically said, take her to the hospital. We packed up, we went to the hospital. I sat in that emergency room and I had a hospital here for literally almost, Oh my God. I think I, I, those people, 12 hours, or at least 12 hours of them I, by this time, by the way, I can't even stand up. I'm slumped over, literally slumped over in a wheelchair. So you were in the waiting room. I was in the waiting room to be seen. To be seen. To be seen. And I'm slumped over. I could barely talk. And my sister said, we're here to see her doctor. Call call doctor. She told me, told them to call the doctor. Um, They said, she's not on call. They, My sister said, get a doctor. There is no way. She just had a hysterectomy. This is how she's feeling. Something is wrong. So I remember them rolling me into the, I went to inside of the room in the mercy room. They poked me for hours. I'm talking hours. I had bruises all up both of my arms because I have those veins that, you know, how I'm that person mm-hmm. that you can't get a vein. Right. So now, remember, I'm weak. At this point, I'm dehydrated. Hydrated. Mm-hmm. I, and I didn't realize it, but I was dehydrated because I hadn't eaten in days. I hadn't really drunk. I drunk a little bit, but I couldn't. Everything was coming out. So they were poking me. And finally, they said, we may have to poke. We may have to shoot, you know, in your... In your head, I said, "Absolutely." Not. I remember my mom. My mama saying, "No, no, 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 get somebody in here who knows what they're doing." Right. So I remember they finally, um, at that time, they found someone. This was hours later, and these people gave me fluids, and I remember being able to sit up a little bit more. But I still, it, it, I still, I wasn't right. It wasn't right. And I remember my sister coming in there and saying, "You all need to." need to find out what is going on her. There's something else going on. Long story short, a, a young girl, I will never forget it. She probably was one of the little CNAs, literally took me over into the next building in a wheelchair outside. She pushed me over. The emergency room now decides to admit me into the hospital, but it was next door in the women's center, which apparently was the better place to go and not be in that emergency room. This little girl pushed me over. I'm I'm slumped over still. Pushed me over to the next building. And I'm literally like in there. And I'm waiting on these people to get me a room. When I tell you, I sat in that. They rolled me up to the second floor. And when I tell you those nurses embraced me. When I tell you, I, I couldn't believe the love. I have another respect for nurses. When I tell you, these people embraced me. These people took care of me. I spent the next two months in the hospital. My Lord. I literally, when they figured out what was wrong with me, I had a bowel obstruction. Well, I literally, something went wrong during the surgery. The doctor nipped nip, something and it literally caused my bowels to completely go out of whack during this surgery. They told me now I have a stomach infection, an infection in my stomach that they claim was already there, but you know, (laughs) Um, and now I have this bowel obstruction and my stomach is still tight and swollen. So it's either surgery. If we don't get your stomach to go down, we're going to have to go and have emergency surgery. I laid in that hospital and I cried and I cried and I cried. I weeped and I talked to God. When I tell you I was at a place where I have never in my life cried out to God the way I did and talked to God the way I did when I was in that hospital. I literally, I remember one night the nurses came in and said, we have to stick this tube down your throat. It is the, it is, it is, it is the most dreadful, horrible experience. I, I I don't wish it on anybody. Twyla, your arms are up in the air. A nurse is holding one arm. The other one is holding another arm. And this tube, this tube now, they just stick this tube. I mean, literally, you're not knocked out. You're not numb. They don't shoot. They don't give you a shot. You literally are sitting up like I'm sitting up now. And they stick this tube down your throat. Literally, I forget what the tube is called. I'm sure people in the medical field know. Down my throat into my stomach. I'm gagging. I'm gagging. Uh Like, literally... I, I cry. I remember I burst because it's one of those things to where some patients can't even handle it. Like some patients can't even can't even be able to actually get it in there. They don't allow people to do to put it in their throat. I remember they said you got it. You got to swallow while we we stick it in. It is the worst feeling. It's like someone sticks this foreign object. Just says open your mouth and just sticks it down. Like literally. Mm. I remember crying out. I burst out crying. I never forget this. I cried. I said call. When, after you call Jesus, you call... who? Who's the next person you want to call on this Mama. Time? Your mama. mama. Okay. Mm-hmm. I burst out... I, I mean, I remember I burst out crying. And I said, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. Call my mama. I will never forget. I said, call my mama. Call my mama. And I remember it was in the middle of the work day. And I had them call my mama and put it on speaker. I said, mom, these people trying to put this tube down my throat. And I remember... Mama says, Sherry, it's okay, Sherry. God got you. My mama, you know mama's words can just mm-hmm. calm you. you
0: yes,
1: know? yes. I remember my mama. And I'm sorry to get emotional about that. No, I, that's okay. I remember my mama said, Sherry, God got you. You're okay. You're gonna be okay. You can do this. I remember my mama saying that to me. Amen. Amen. I had really re, relived this. Like, you know, you know how sometimes certain parts of your life, you kind of. And it was meant for me to come tell my testimony, While I thank you for doing that because it just makes me continue to think about God's grace.
0: Amen. Yes.
1: I remember my mama said to me, she said, Sherry, you can do this. And I remember that feeling of God, why is this happening to me? Like, what did I do to deserve this? Everybody else have their surgery and they come right out. Okay. You know, and I remember my mama's words and the nurses, they tried and they said, we're going to take a break for today, but we got to get this tube down your stomach. You have infection in your stomach. And they said it's, it was starting to spread like in my body. Mm. They said I had infection around my pelvic. So I had to do have a procedure also. This is before the tube actually went down. I believe I had to go and get a procedure. They did not uh, numb me a little bit for that in, in the top of my butt. I will never forget it. It's literally in your skin. It's almost like putting this tool or something in, in your skin. mm to suck out all the infection around my pelvic and it hurt. It did. But I remember saying, they said, the doctor came in and said, Sherry, we got to do this. We got to do. It. And it was the worst. I remember them trying for two days to get that tube down my throat. I just didn't have the strength to do it. And I said, Sherry, it's time to go in your secret place. It's time to go in your secret place. I remember that night I laid in my bed and a song fell in my heart. I said, Lord, I need your strength. I said, give me strength to be able to do this. I know what you said. I know you, I know you're going to heal me. This is what I'm, I'm talking to God. My room mm-hmm. pitch black. And I remember the song that fell in my spirit. I remember the, I remember it to this day. Uh, what's the man, uh, You are my strength Mm -hmm. Strength like Like no other. Uh I forget his name. That song fell in my spirit. And I remember sitting my cell phone up because at this time we're in the middle of a pandemic. I can't even have visitors like that. Okay. Right. So it's only me and God. That's That's it. it. Mm -hmm. And I set that phone up on my chest. I would never forget it. And I went to YouTube. I remember going to YouTube and I clicked on that song. And I put it on repeat. I played it over and over and over and over. I, play, I remember playing that song and singing it to myself until it went down to my soul. You hear me? Yes. Until I believed it. I, I played that song until I believed it. And I will never forget that next day. It's like somebody had given me a superpower, Twyla. Mm-hmm. That next day I woke up, I remember... That nurse came in and I said, I'm ready. It's almost like I was ready for battle. You know, right. Uh huh. I was ready for battle. And I remember she said, you ready? You sure? I said, I'm ready. I'm ready. And I remember drying every tear. And I remember it was a strength God gave me. I have never, I, to the, I, I feel, I remember that strength. I remember the strength he gave me was something I, 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 I never remember feeling ever before in my life. I remember it was almost like something new that just mm-hmm. took over my body. Superpower. I, it was like a superpower. Uh, I sat up on that on, on, on the edge of that bed. I said, come on, I'm ready. Oh, come on. And I remember telling them, hurry up. Come on. And I remember they stuck. They said, okay, swallow. And here's this foreign object now, this same object sticking down your throat. The worst thing you could ever experience in your life. And I remember I swallowed. And I remember hearing God's words. You got this. You you got this. And I remember I swallowed and I swallowed and they stuck. Before you know it, this long tube is now in my, in my stomach. When I tell you nobody, but God, nobody, but God did that for me. I did it. I had it. I had that tube in my stomach. And you could see where it was draining all this stuff out of my stomach. Oh, you could see if this black, it was almost like black mucus just Mm. coming out. You could see it because they had it posted up on my wall. And I remember my journey wasn't even over yet. Now I have this tube in me and they're trying to get this infection out so my stomach can go down so they don't have to have emergency surgery. And I remember now I got this, 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 foreign, what feels like a foreign needle in the top of my butt. So now I can't even turn. I got to lay a certain way, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember the tube. Now I got the tube in my throat. So when you go to the bathroom, this tube stay in your, you get up, you can't, it's in your throat. And and actually I take that back. I'm saying this wrong, not my throat. It goes through your nose. Let me see. Yeah. It goes up through your nose down in your stomach. I don't know why I keep saying, I've been saying throat.
0: Okay. So well, a through your nostril. Object
1: through, through your, your nostril. Nostrils. Okay. Exactly. A foreign object through your nostrils. That's that's what made it so horrible. Cuz you know, you can almost if it's in your in your throat, you're like, okay. But no, it was almost like it goes through your nostrils, so you have to swallow while it's going down through your, you know, right. Okay. going there and then down in your stomach. Right. Okay. When so they tell you swallow, swallow, swallow while it's they're, they're pushing it down. So I got that in my in in my in my nostrils, in my stomach. So I could feel it in the back of my throat. That's why I kept saying throat, because that was the part that was horrible. You could feel the tube in the back of your throat. It's almost like somebody took it and bent it and it's pressing up against your throat. I remember laying in that hospital for days like this. And I never forget my sister called, my twin sister called me. I didn't realize it, but I was. Depressed. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it, and I remember the, the 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 specialist came in because they had me seeing a specialist who was a um, I think he was a stomach doctor or somebody. He was someone, another doctor outside of my doctor. He came in and he said, "You okay?" And I remember looking up at him and said, "Yeah, I'm okay." I, I just said, and I remember that man must have felt me beat the, the, the spirit of depression on me. He must have felt it. Because when he walked out, as he's walking out the door, he said, don't get depressed on me. Don't get. I I remember hearing those words. Don't get depressed on me. Like I said, I didn't even realize I was. My sister called me and she said, Sherry, don't you give up. You sound like you're giving up. Don't you give up. I remember. I remember. I remember. Part of that conversation, that was the part I remember Tara saying to me, don't you give up, Sherry. You got runday, You got family. You got, you, you fight, Sherry. You better fight like this. I remember her almost demanding me. And I remember crying and just saying like, Lord, I can't even, I got this tube in my throat. I can't even swallow. And at this point, there was no signs of my stomach going down. mm And I remember the other, there was another, a a specialist that came in. And I remember that man saying to me, do you believe in God? I will never forget this. He, he was a a doctor that walked in there, had a certain faith. He clearly had a relationship with God. He clearly knew the Lord. And I remember him saying he can do anything. He was a white male. I will never forget young white guy. He said he can do anything. He said, you're gonna be okay. We're gonna, we're gonna give you a, another, we're gonna try you on another antibiotic. And I remember them putting a different antibiotic in my in my IV. And he said, we're gonna try this year. Let's try this for a couple of days and see how it works. He tried, he stuck, he gave me that antibiotic. It's almost like he dropped a few words of, of just like the Lord sent him in there to drop those words to me. Hmm. And he left. And before you know it, my stomach started going down. Days later, my stomach started going down. And I remember the nurses coming in there saying, Oh my God. Cause at this time I'm still having, you know, I, I really, I mean everything. And I remember the nurses coming there saying, your stomach is going down. It's not swollen anymore. And I remember them saying each and every day. It's like every day after that, I got stronger and stronger and stro- stronger. And I remember saying to my doctor, can I get the tube out now? Can I get the tube out now? I remember one night my family got on Zoom. I know the prayers of the righteous. When I tell you I know people were praying for me. Amen. I remember you text me, Twyla. I, I, I don't remember everything when I was in the hospital, but I, it's certain things I remember. I remember you text me. I, didn't, I had no clue how everybody found out what happened. I just knew people were texting me. And all I knew to say was, pray for me, friend." Mm-hmm. Pray for mm-hmm. me, friend. Yep. You text me, um, um, Tamika texts me. I mean, fr- I my friends from I had friends from college. I had friends who people with co-workers I hadn't worked with in years reach out to me and, and tell me they were praying for me. I remember my, my cousin, my cousin who you know, Miss uh, Dwayne Bernard. I remember him sending me a scripture every day he sent me something, and I remember him saying. You are. I mean, it was almost like every morning I wake up, I see something that somebody sent me to give me those words to be able to keep fighting and not give up, and like Amen. to really know I was going to be healed. Amen. It's like God starts sending. I remember people. I remember on on um, social media, someone. I remember clicking on it one night when someone was saying, "We prayed for Share on our prayer call." Like it was a church that I people I didn't even know were praying for me. People who I mean, it was almost like this army had come, and almost like everybody started praying and interceding for sharing. And I remember those texts and those words got me through. I remember it just—it was almost like uh, a—you could feel God just giving me this 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 strength to keep going and keep fighting. But it was from what I was getting from you and what I was getting from different people that just kept me. It truly, I know y'all, the prayers of people is what got me out of that hospital. I know it is. I know. Amen. It. Without a shadow of a doubt, I know it.
0: And your faith, you know, and like you were saying, everybody being able to, you know, reach out and you're not necessarily remembering everybody, but you felt it. Yes. You know, yes. and then that was able to encourage you to keep pushing, keep fighting, you know, your yep. family, you know. Yes. God has a way of just interceding, you know, yes. and sending people to us when we need it to just give us that extra push to just keep going. Yes that, okay, I can do this. I can do yes. this. We can do this. And so you just needed that extra push to just keep, you know, going yes. and not allowing your faith to waver yes. and just continue to, you know, trust in God.
1: Yes. I, I just thank God for everyone. I just thank God. I, 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 I was so grateful for the people that God had brought in my life. I mean, even, even male friends and just, people God had brought in my life to be able to pray for me. Even my, 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 my boss, my boss who, who, I mean, she's not the most, I mean, honestly, I think she's a non-believer, but she even would send me these words in the morning. Like I would just like, just telling me, Sherry, hang in there. I mean, it was just amazing. And, And like you said, my faith, it was one thing after another. It was we got to do this. We 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 got we got to we got to we got to stick this in your. We got to get the, the infection out of your pelvic. We got to put this tube down your your in your stomach. We we got to um. Oh, and now they could they tell me you're losing your blood count is too low. We have to do a blood transfusion. So now I'm at a blood transfusion. But by this point, my faith is built. Mm-hmm. Nothing was getting ready to tear me down at this. Okay. Point. I didn't care what they said. I didn't care if because by this time. I'm ready. I, You know, I, I'm ready. I'm like, my, my faith is built. My tank was full by right. this time.
0: Mm-hmm. So when
1: they she came and told me, she said, you have to give have a, um, do a blood transfusion. I remember calling my cousin who I knew I had a blood transfusion before. And she said, Sherry, it's okay. All they're going to do is do this. And I remember being so strong. By this point, I'm up out of the hospital bed. I'm walking around now. And I remember saying, okay, I'm ready. They did this blood transfusion. They gave me these pounds of blood. And I remember my mama sat there and watched them while they gave me this transfusion. And I remember being so strong after that. I remember like nothing at this point was going to shape me and cause me not to believe what God was going to do for me. God had told me I was healed. You are healed. You are coming through this. You know, this is what he had told me. Laying in that bed, I heard him clear as day. And at this point, nothing was going to shape my faith. Nothing was going to cause me to waver. I, I, I had that blood transfusion and I remember the first day the doctor said I, they, they started making me get up and walk. Cause now my stomach is soft. Now they are ready to roll, take me downstairs to get the, 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 um, whatever the thing was in my, in my butt draining all that infection. He said the infection is, it, there's no more infection around your pelvic. We can take that out now. So they took that out. Um, and at this point, now I'm begging them, take the tube out my stomach. I'm ready. I'm ready. There's no more infection. Take it out. I, I beg for them to take that <laughs> tube out of my I wanted that thing out of Go, right. And I will never forget the doctor. I remember crying to the doctor. I said, I'm healed. I know. I know it's time. You can take it. I remember her, the doctor who did my surgery, who was al- she was already kind of terrified anyway of what she thought I was going to do. But I remember her looking like, it was almost like, oh, I'm not sure if I want you to get this out of here. She wanted to make sure I was okay. Uh huh. And, and she, when I tell you, I think she was probably more nervous than, than I was initially. And I remember that nurse coming in there saying, the doctor said, we can go ahead and take it out. I remember saying, Ooh, hallelujah. oh, hallelujah. When I tell you, I was so excited that the tube was coming <laughs> out of the Right. I, I, oh, my God. I have pictures of the way I looked laying in the hospital, but I, my sisters, they took pictures. Of the, I, oh, my God, it was awful. And I remember the nurse coming in and pulling that, pulling it out of my nose. Oh my God! I felt like a new woman. Amen. I remember, and I walked. Now every day I'm walking laps around the the floor, the hospital floor. They allowed me to walk, to walk because now I got to get used. to I've laid in this bed for like for two years. months. Yeah. So now I got to get used to walking. My body just, you know. And I remember feeling really weird about it, but I walked and I walked. They said, well, "You got to walk now because." At this point, of course, I got to go to the bathroom. And now the diarrhea had stopped. And, you know, they wanted to make sure I could urinate and make sure I, you know. Right. So I remember the first day they said, I can walk outside. When I tell you, you would have thought I was a kid on Christmas morning.
0: And I think you did a post. Did you I post? Did post. You,
1: you I did a post. You did a post. That's I did a post. And I would never forget. That 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 day, I wanted I, I wanted the world to know what God had did, done for me. I wanted everyone to know I was healed and I'm outside, you know. And I remember it was like I had been trapped in a cage from months. And the late and the nurse she said, "I'll let you go outside. You can walk, but I want I want the nurse to go with you." She sent the the girl with one of the nurses with me. And I remember walking. And I still had my hospital gown, but I walked outside, in the sunlight. I was able to see light again. I was able to actually walk. You talking about a, a, a you talking about a person who, initially, I didn't think I was gonna make it out of here. Mm. I literally was close to death. I literally, I like, like it was almost the way it appeared as if I was getting ready to check out of here. Mm-hmm. And to be able to walk outside and see light and see the trees. I remember asking the nurse, can I just sit right here? I, I literally, it was beaming hot. I didn't even care. I remember sitting there and just smiling as the cars drove by. I remember it was almost like. The God's things that you oftentimes
0: grace. take for granted. Now, you, you know, you're able to see it in a whole new light.
1: Oh my God. God's grace mm-hmm. and mercy. I know my faith in God, the prayers of my friends and family. If I, let me tell you something, how good God is. The day I went in for surgery was the first day they were allowing one person back in the hospital. One mm. person. You tell me that ain't God. Just yes. Just grace and mercy. When I tell you that was the, I remember them telling my mom and I, you guys are lucky. This is the very first day we're allowing people in the hospital. It was one person now. But I cannot even imagine going through all of that and not even allowing one person, just one. Because it was days just my mama would come up, drive to Tampa to see me. Or my sisters would take off work and just come One person. I could only have one of them. Right. But imagine, and I remember the nurses telling me, she said, you are so... You know, they say lucky. I say blessed. You're blessed. <laughs> you are so lucky. She said, imagine there were people in here for months going through something similar of what you went through by themselves. Mm. All by themselves. Nobody. Nobody. She said, they had nobody. Some of them didn't make it out. Some of them died alone. This was like right in the middle of the pandemic. Right. So, people had died. Like she said literally they were all by themselves. We were their family. I remember her telling me that. And I remember thanking God. I remember just thanking him. one. I remember crying out and just worshiping him one night and saying, Lord, even in the midst of all this, I thank you because what that could have been me. That could have been me. Let me ask this. So
0: you kind of mentioned um, earlier where you were kind of processing and like God, why me? You know, because we yes. all have those why me moments. Yes. But how would you say you've been able to process this life altering um experience?
1: I processed it by um uh honestly I have I have since learned that God it's almost as if it was something that was supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to happen. I was supposed to go through that. But it was a way for God, for me to, to really realize and see who God was and really be able to see what he can do. And I and I'm look and I I've looked at back at that since then and realized that it has almost that experience has prepared me for what has come after. Mm. It's almost as if an impossible and it, and it sounds cliche, but it's true. An impossible situation, almost like it, it would take a miracle. That was God's way of showing me exactly what He does in situations like that. Amen. And when I tell you, it has prepared me. Now, to be honest, and I know the devil, he'll he'll try to throw to have something come my way, but it's not too much that can test me in a sense that, well, I'm going to break easy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm not saying I won't break, and I'm not Uh, saying I won't hurt, and I'm not saying I won't cry, and I won't, you know, I won't waver a little bit. But when I tell you it's going to take, I know after that, I I, I realize and I processed that I was supposed to go through that and it was for me to tell somebody else y'all when i tell you there is nothing i t- i remember telling that nurse when she was telling me this about the people who had died just just literally weeks before i got in the hospital and they were alone i remember telling her i don't know how someone could have gone through that what i went through without having a relationship with god amen i don't know how i don't know how they would have done it. i don't I can't even imagine, literally, because at this point, God will put you in a position where Mama can't do nothing about it, Uh-huh. sister can't do nothing about it, nobody can't do nothing about it. It's only you and him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And if you don't, if you, if you, if I hadn't know him, I don't know if I would have been able to even survive what I went through. I just thought a person. I, I don't know how. I just don't know. You know.
0: And it kind of reminds me of, you know, m- many of us have heard or the poem, you know, the footprints in the sand, you know,
1: yeah where
0: you're walking and, you know, you look back and you see the one set of footprints and it, you know, God comes and says, um, and this is me just kind of summarizing, but it's right. more detailed. Um, but the other, I was carrying you. Oh, yes. You know, so even in those moments where, you felt alone because like you're saying, you were in the heart of the pandemic. So you weren't able to have those visitors, yep. but you've said it, it was something you and God had to work through. Yeah. But when you were trying to, you know, when the devil was trying to creep in, yeah. even though your family wasn't there, look at God again, sending those faith uh people of faith Ooh, those doctors yes. just give you a word of encouragement you know yes. the, you know it, it wasn't the whole sermon and it doesn't take all that <laughs> just mm-hmm. don't give up yep. god's got you you're gonna get through you know just those gentle reminders that god yes. is still in the midst and there's
1: nothing too hard for him oh yes when well, i tell you those texts waking up when they come in and waking you up to get you know take your medicine or, right and the first thing i see is a a, a text full of encouraging words or scripture from 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 you and from 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 different friends and from my family like different people it's like all that's all I would see in in in, in there all that and I would repeat those things that's why I say I don't think people realize the things they sent me i would I would literally say them out loud to like so I can hear them. It would be in the atmosphere almost right right and, and to get in your spirit in my spirit. When I tell you I I when I tell you it made me stronger every day. And I remember after I took that walk and I I came back in and this is how you know God was just with me during that time. I remember the nurses like I said the, the uh early I call them the uh first shift, second shift, night shift nurses, they all knew me. And I remember like I said, I have another respect for nurses. I Mm -hmm. I do when they can, these these people saw me at my, I couldn't wipe my own behind. Like Mm -hmm. literally they did it for me. Like Mm -hmm. I I just, I have another, I just grew to just respect the profession. Um, but I remember the nurses got together and got me a, a little card and a little gift and it wasn't much, nothing expensive, but it was just it was, I just felt like it was just God, like, just saying, you know, like, it's almost as if, and they said, we just want to say that we, we love you. This is what these people, these people don't even know me. They got to know me in the hospital. They said, we are so happy that, um, basically, this is how your story ended. We feel Amen. like we grew with you here. And they all signed this card and they got me this beautiful, um, it was just a uh uh what do you call it the things that you wear almost like a shawl almost. okay they got it and they said that we wanted to give this to you as a as a gift to go home. And they said come back and see us and I was thinking about on the um the day I had the surgery to actually go there and go visit them. But they 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 sent me with home with that and I remember walking out of that hospital. I wasn't a hundred percent but when I tell you I wasn't where I started. Amen. And my journey has has been, it's been it's 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 been a journey. Um, you know, I, I was off work for months, and I, I, my body still it was still healing, but God kept reminding me, "You are healed, you are healed." And I remember I came home and I started having issues again, and I remember those gentle reminders just kept creeping in. Holy Spirit just spoke to me, and I remember, um. The doctors, I ended up having to go see a stomach specialist, but we finally got to a place to where the medicine they gave me stopped all of those, those symptoms. And, um, I just thank God for my testimony. I thank God for it was supposed I I was, yeah, it's it's for him to to definitely receive the glory and all this. Amen. So if you had to leave
0: some last nuggets Um, with the people that will hear your testimony, um, because it has definitely, and it, it definitely, excuse me, is a testimony of God's just healing power. Mm -hmm. What would you say to them?
1: I would say. Don't. Underestimate. Don't give up. Don't. Don't stop believing what God can do. I would say if anybody's going through anything similar or any, especially health conditions, anything really, but I'm just saying a health condition, get in your secret place and cry out to God. You got to do that because it took me to be alone with him. It took me all distractions stop. You know how you get so busy and you're in, and working and you're doing this and you being a mama and you're doing this and you're doing that. It took me to get in that hospital and get in that place where it's just me and him. So one of the nuggets is go to a place where it's just you and him and block out all the distractions and cry out and talk to him and don't, I don't care how bad it looks. Okay. I'm every, every day it's like those people are coming in the hospital telling me, Oh, we got to we got to, we got to give you this procedure or you got to put the tube in. You got to, I don't care how it looks. Don't stop believing that he can heal you. Don't stop. So those two things, if I had to leave two main nuggets is get, get alone, get by yourself, just you and him, no distractions and don't stop believing because had I given up, I don't even know if I would have been here today.
0: Amen. 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 Well, Sherry, I just want to say thank you for coming on to the podcast and truly just opening up yourself and giving and sharing your testimony. Um, you know, and I'm just thankful to bear witness. Um, I didn't know how bad it was. Mm -hmm. Um, but then it kind of got to a place where I was like, okay, this not looking good through some messages right. that I received. So I'm like, okay, right. so we had to, yes, bombard yes. heaven and believe Ooh, with yes. you um, for your healing. And I'm so glad that you're able to share the power mm-hmm. of, of God's power of healing and um continue going forth and doing what God has called you to do. Because if he did it for you, he definitely can do it for someone else. So thank you for coming on because you are um, truly a dope chick.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm so grateful. I'm so glad to be able to give. This is the first time I've actually given the full testimony. So I'm, I'm just grateful. Thank
0: you. Well, <laughs> well I'm thank I'm I'm thankful, grateful and blessed and honored that this is the platform that you've been able to um share your full testimony and I just can't wait to see how God is going to continue to use you to bring him glory.
1: Yes, thank you. Thank you.
0: Time sure does fly when you're having fun and a dope conversation. Unfortunately, we've come to the end of this podcast. However, the conversation does not have to end here. Please join me and be a part of my family by following me on my social media platforms, on Instagram and Facebook at CWA Dope Chick. Until next time, dope chicks, be well and be you.